And Yahweh said to Moses, This very thing you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, Please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you my name, Yahweh. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, You cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And Yahweh said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on a rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Welcome, everybody. We're back, finally, yes. after a month of not posting. We're back. Woo-hoo. It's crazy. It's crazy. crazy. Now, we have a new co-host. Mm. Our old co-host is not gone. He's going to be heading up videos, and we'll be coming to you guys this, now sometime. I don't know when yet. We're still trying to figure that out. But yeah, so I'm going to introduce myself. I don't know if we did in our last series, but I'm Ethan. I'll be your main host here. We're going to be diving into all sorts of weird, crazy, awesome theological stuff. It's going to be crazy. And my yeah. co-host here is... I am Isaac. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm the other co-host. Let's go. All right. Okay, okay. All right. So, to give you guys an update on the channel, we are def- we are a month from posting. It's true. So, we're going to be... So, we are going to be fixing that. A lot like yeah we're gonna be working hard on these videos we're gonna be pushing them out to you yeah so UFO report should be coming down your way pretty soon not sure when we do have the new shorts channel which we should be posting shorts soon Isaac will be heading that up too so you'll check there soon we'll see what happens yeah so that's what we should be doing you might see the occasional cryptid camping depends but yeah so expect these probably either weekly or bi-weekly so either way so we're just whatever works best in the time crunch because we're going to be trying to get these out pretty fast so yeah, oh, yeah that i think that is the update on everything on the channel so we can dive straight in to the episode today we're talking about Bump god up. the yeah, most important subject of like like out of any of the subjects like all the other subjects are so much fun but like this is the most important and we wanted to lay down base ground subjects before we got into all the crazy stuff like sleep paralysis demons giants oh, said the yeah. same thing twice so um, <laughs> yeah exactly so, yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah we're just gonna get started so our first topic is who is god who is god who is god whoa that's a crazy question whoa, it is, who it is, is he whoa whoa okay <laughs> that, that's crazy <laughs> Start with the basics, start with the most common thing that when you ask your pastor, who is God? Well, God is three in one. One of the most complicated things to understand for like a new Christian is that God is three persons in one, but he's not three separate gods. Right. Are he's all three who's God. in one they are one, but he's only one. Three. Well, there's three, three persons in one God. Right. It's... It's it's very complicated at first, but like once you understand it, it starts to make sense. And by understand They're it, all... it's more like just accept it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's really hard to understand. <laughs> yeah, it's almost impossible. It probably is impossible. Yeah, pretty much. Our mortal brains yeah, aren't really built much. for that. Um, oh yeah, not, yeah. Not so <laughs> the three persons of the Trinity are the Father, the Son, and the Holy yes. Spirit, and we can see this throughout the Bible in many different ways. There's times when God the Father will appear, and or like in the the baptism of Jesus. So God the Father speaks from heaven. Yeah. The Holy Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove, and then Jesus is getting baptized. So it's like, well, what's going on there? Well, that's the Trinity exactly. in full display. The word Trinity is never mentioned in the Bible, but it was. I don't remember where. I don't actually know where it came from. Somebody. Uh, well, there, came up with it. That, that's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, good point. But yeah, it's a inference from the Bible because the Bible. Well, it, it doesn't just infer, it explicitly like shows the Trinity many times, many times. Oh, yeah. Like in the creation the story, the creation, stuff. farewell discourse in John 14 through 16, I believe. Yep. Holy Spirit comes to earth after Jesus dies on the cross. Mm, right. He says, I'll send you guys a helper, a comforter, right, right before he ascends, right? Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. the exact stuff from memory, but yes. Yeah. Uh, all three people, persons of the Trinity, they each have like their own job. Mm -hmm. They all have very specific jobs, like the God, the mm -hmm. Father, creator of the universe. And then there's God, the Son. He saved us from our sins. Yeah. And like came to earth, incarnated right. as a human. And then there's the Holy Spirit, which comes into a Christian and basically makes us like saves us from our sin right and so that's he like... sanctifies us and makes us more like jesus exactly right god is also the one who created the entire universe we'll get into why and his relationship to creation later but he's the one who created everything so he's in charge of everything he's the king of everything yes yeah he makes the rules he's the one who created everything in a literal six day week it or six day no period yeah seventh day was rest but sixth day yeah yeah so literal 24-hour days but yeah so he created everything so he's the king of it he sustains the universe by the word of his mouth just by his power god is pre-existent he's eternal he's imminent he's outside of that, time he's also outside of time which we'll get to we'll get to that because that that's super complicated, <laughs> extremely complicated, like crazily complicated. God is immortal, omnipresent, omniscient, which means he's everywhere, knows all things. There's nothing he can learn. You know, no one, like no one can teach him anything. Um, there's like a verse mm -hmm. that literally says that. He's logical. He can be logical. illogical. He can't be illogical. He's omnipotent. God is all powerful. Omnipresent. He's glorious. All powerful. He's joyful. Yeah. Oh yeah. God is He's peace. vengeful. God is also God is joy. He is joy. He's yeah, merciful. Like, I don't know if I already mm. said that. He's also He's just. just. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. He's also perfect. Oh, Matthew yeah. five forty eight says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Roasted. God is good. Psalm thirty four eight. Good. Oh taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So God is also a jealous God. And that's yes. why in Exodus 34, he says, for you shall worship no other God. For Yahweh, whose oh, name yeah. is Jealous, is a jealous God. So that glory is, he's the one who deserves that glory, not the other gods, you know. So he's exactly. a jealous God in that way, not in the sinful jealousy that we have. Like, it's not like, envy. like it's it's what he actually deserves. That we're like he deserves to, to be else. respected. Right. And if you're giving all that to something else, then obviously that's like, right, like that, that it makes sense, right? Evil, sinful. Yeah. God is also a wrathful God. God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. If a man does not repent, God will wet his sword. He has bent and readied his bow. Psalm 7, 11 through 12. So God is wrathful against and he's a righteous judge. Oh, very um, But... Though, though he's a wrathful, jealous, and just God, he's also, God is love. He is love. Yeah. yeah. And he's God is infinite too. in his love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
one of these the really one of like a really good verse is Romans eight thirty eight through thirty nine. It says God. Oh yeah. It says it says for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, Nothing. That's so pretty. pretty <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 pretty much all of that, right? So yep. yeah. So that is that, that's just a rundown i mean there's so much you could get into the bible says so much about god it's so so complicated and so much we couldn't ever cover it in an hour ever yeah <laughs> no one could ever do yeah, that maybe. it's no it's so it's much right it's it yeah it's so so much now we're not gonna pretend like we're gonna be able to understand or explain the trinity in its fullness because it's extremely complicated and yeah, people have always been debating over oh, this yeah. kind of stuff. So we don't, we're not like, we're not going to pretend like we could do the whole thing, but we're going to cover a little bit. We'll do what we can, guys. We'll do what we can. So <laughs> we'll try. Yeah, we'll try to do our best. We already went over what each of the persons of the Trinity does, kind of, in a mm-hmm. way. But like, if okay even in genesis like people are like how is it three people in one and not three separate gods because they're all right. like separate persons they do separate things right that's because they're all co-eternal co-equal and then like they've just been there forever like i can't even describe it right i have like two passages that talk about just them all being like three in one like in the like when you baptize someone the great commission please repeat matthew 28 verse 19 as Jesus instructs his disciples to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which indicates the triune God that we have. Mm-hmm. And then Matthew three sixteen through 17 says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And when mm-hmm. uh, God the Father talks about Jesus as like his son, that does not mean God the Father was ever married. It does not mean that Jesus was born like before he was incarnated. It's just like it's God. He's God the Father. This is God the Son. This is God the Holy Spirit. There's no other like gods or members that were before them. Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah, and in creation, you can see the Trinity as well because John, yeah, even in Genesis, in his book, yeah, even in Genesis, but John in his book says the Word was with God and the Word was God and He was in the beginning with God, with God. Oh, yeah. So He was God, He was also with God, and all things were created through Him. But also, God the Father is the one speaking things into existence, and the Spirit mm-hmm. was hovering over the waters. And Genesis uh, yeah. one two it says, right, it says the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Hence, Trinity right there in Genesis. Exactly. Boom. Mm-hmm. Get Trinitied. Oh, yeah. I like even the Council of Nicaea in Constantinople could not describe the Trinity. Though. Like it's so complex. So I don't have I can I cannot describe it very well. I did my best. That's what I have on the Trinity. Yeah. But like like going into like further detail on like. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, normally a lot of Christians, I've talked to a lot of people about this, a lot of Christians forget about the Holy Spirit. They forget that he is as equal as the Father and the Son because mm-hmm. he, like, he's he's the guide. He's empowering you to, like, towards, like, more Christian lifestyle, more to be a Christian, to worship God, to study the Bible, to treat your body like a temple. It's, mm-hmm. like, he's very important. He's the most important. Without the Spirit, we wouldn't be able to have a relationship with god the father and with god the son the god the son is the way to god like i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me that uh passage i don't remember the reference but right right it is like we cannot forget about the spirit that's something i wanted to cover right yeah it's true it's because like the holy spirit is equal to the father and the son in power exactly because he's god right they do have differing levels of authority like the son obeys the father and the spirit obeys the son and the father right like so they do have different Mm -hmm. levels of authority but they have all the same level of power they're all god exactly and people do forget about that it really does seem like that because like if you lived like the holy spirit lived inside of you and the holy spirit was you know god then it's like 
or is God, right? But then I think we will live even different, like even more differently because we forget that so much. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Very, I think we also, that. we'd be less anxious about things. Like we shouldn't be anxious. Exactly. The yeah, Bible yeah. tells us not to be anxious, but I think we'd be even less anxious. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So what's really interesting is that the church fathers taught the doctrine of the Trinity from the beginning of the church. Uh, I got a few quotes here. We got Justin Martyr in AD 151. He taught the doctrine of the Trinity. So it's not a new idea whatsoever. Like even if people do claim, oh, well, the the Bible doesn't say anything about the Trinity, even though we already proved that, you know, the Trinity is in the Bible. Like there's some of these passages. The early church fathers were also teaching it as well. Just some interesting quotes here. I'll throw these out here. If you guys are interested, we got Justin Martyr. He says, We reasonably worship him, having learned that he is the son of the true God himself, and holding him in the second place, in the prophetic spirit in the third. We will prove, for they proclaim our madness to consist in this, that we give to a crucified man a place second to the unchangeable and eternal God, the creator of all. For they do not discern the mystery that is herein, to which, as we make it plain to you, we pray you to give heed. So we have people teaching that like way, way early, like extremely, extremely early. It's just oh, yeah. really interesting. I got some other people like Tertullian, Irenaeus, Ignatius, that kind of stuff. So we got some of those guys. Oh, yeah. They were all teaching this stuff. So they were all going through all this kind of stuff, which is really interesting because it was so, so early on. So early on. So, yeah. First off, like he created humans to be like walking images. Like they're they're quite literally image bearers of god they, they that's he made them to show his power like that's what i believe personally but mm-hmm. like he created humanity he created them to show power he showed his power he showed his just who he was and then like even throughout the old testament you know, like the old testament covenants the sacrifices he gives them a chance to repent of their sins because he loves them he loves the uh people he made the all these things like it's just crazy he guides them throughout the Bible. Like even in Exodus, he appears to them as like the fire tornado thing. Yeah. Uh, to stop the Egyptians. Like he led them out of uh, slavery. In John 10, he talks about them as a flock, as Jesus is a shepherd. Mm-hmm. He gives them, a, like he gives them, he sends Jesus, his only son, to die on the cross as a human to feel that pain and take up all the sin he even had to turn like god the father turned his face away from jesus which is so like sad to hear yeah. like it's his only son like that's crazy yeah um it's a lot of grace and mercy throughout the bible like even with like bathsheba for example like i know he killed his what's his name david was it david king david i don't know he killed his bathsheba who was the king? I can't remember. Oh, oh, so yeah, so David took Bathsheba and it killed her. Yeah, husband. that was David. Killed her husband, right. and he, like he, uh, like in return, killed his first child with Bathsheba. But he did forgive. Like he was, he threw the sacrifice and stuff. He was forgiven. Like he, God showed grace to David because David loved God. He was sorry for what he did. Right. And like God gives us a chance to have eternal life, like to wait in heaven and then eventually be on the new earth. God will make mm-hmm. the new earth new and take away sin forever. Like that's just, he has strong relationship with us as yeah. humans, which is crazy. Yeah. Definitely. Anything to add to that? Yeah. God is portrayed as a shepherd and that's kind of mm-hmm. the way it's analogized or now. Yeah. Analogized maybe. I don't know if that's a word, but we'll, we'll just that. Analogized <laughs> to be to like as his relationship to us as Christians is the same as a shepherd and his sheep. And some some verses like that. Psalm twenty three one says it straight out: "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." Mm. Psalm twenty three two continues and says, "He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters, because God gives his people peace. God also guides his mm. people." Psalm 23, 23. We're just going to keep going through this psalm. He restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He also protects his people from evil. Psalm 23, 4-5. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Which is like an incredible psalm. Like absolutely beautiful. But he protects his people from evil. Also the valley of the shadow of death. 
It's really interesting. I don't know if you, you've heard anything about this, Isaac, but a lot of people... Okay, so a lot of people take this as like a metaphor. This is a little rabbit trail, but some people take this as a metaphor, right? <laughs> but then there's a, there's also this valley in Israel that it's actually like... It's full of like these dolmens where they're like they sacrificed to their ancestors. They buried all their ancestors there, and they like do sacrifices to ancestors, and it's full of these. Okay, okay, which would make sense because it's the Valley of the Shadow of Death, and it is also yeah. known oh. as an extremely supernatural place that was like evil. And David would have had to go that way on his route, like oh. escaping from Absalom. So oh, yeah, that's actually really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's anyway, not cool as the value of death, but yeah. So it's it's a theory. It's a theory, but it's, it's an interesting. Theory. Theory. I wanted to just throw that out. It's just a Bible theory. I mean, that's just a theory. a Bible theory. Yeah, but Jesus also sacrificed himself for his people. He says himself mm-hmm. in John ten eleven, "I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep." So God, Jesus calls himself. Yeah. The good shepherd compares us to sheep again. One of the relationships between Christians and God is he's a friend. Yeah, as it, yeah, that's actually a really good way to look at it. Yeah, because it says in Psalm twenty five fourteen, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him, and He makes known to them His covenant. So that kind of mm-hmm. thing, and and then Jesus in His incarnation said, John in John fifteen fifteen, He says, "No longer do I call you servants." For the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. See, John 15, 13, 14 also says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. So it's like, yeah. Which is crazy. That's like yeah. crazy. That should blow your mind crazy. You know what I mean? Oh, that does. That's, the God that's of the insane. universe is like, it's your friends. friends. It's like what? That's crazy. That's crazy. What? That's insane. That's insane. And what's even crazier? Yeah. What's even crazier is in Hebrews two seventeen, it says mm-hmm. it's a, it's a there's a picture between of Christ's relationship with the church, and the, it says Christians are brothers of Christ. I was like, boom! It's like hold on. It's like therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Hebrews 2.17. But being made like his brothers, which is like crazy. It's like, yeah, it's insane. God is also portrayed as a, like a spouse, like a marriage relationship with a picture of Christ's relationship with the church. Yeah. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Yeah. So, it just, yeah. it's, it's another crazy thing. God is also pictured as a parent. God is a father to his people. He's a father to the fatherless. That kind of stuff. So, anyway. Yeah. As, he adopts us as good. children, which is like, whoa, whoa. But <clears throat> yeah, no, whoa. he's also portrayed as our master. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It says, I actually have to add about that. Uh, in the Bible, it. this is actually the Civil War. They used to say in the South that slavery was okay because the Bible says, in the Bible, slaves obey your master. Mm-hmm. But as I've been looking through that, as you just said, it, it reminded me. God is the master and we are slaves to God and we are chosen to be slaves for God or servants. Since we are slaves to God, we are supposed to obey him, which the South took as, you know, like slaves have to obey your master, even though it's like so unfair for the South. Right. It, it was crazy, but I just wanted to cover that. Yeah. Because that was a big yeah. thing back then. Yeah. And another thing I'll add to that is that also biblical slavery was a thing, It was, but it was very different. We're supposed to treat their slaves extremely kindly. Like they weren't supposed to abuse them or treat them horribly or anything. It was very different. And every like seven years or something, they had to they had to give their slaves like a chance to to leave. And if their slaves wanted to stay, mm-hmm. they could become part of the family uh, and get an earring through the ear or whatever. But yeah, so it was totally yeah. different than whatever they were doing in the South. Totally different. So the Bible doesn't advocate for slavery. It, 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 it had all. a different it was totally different this is like a th- over 
2,000 years ago, guys. Yeah, okay. it's totally different than what was going on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, God is also portrayed as a king to us. He is. Um, he is. Yeah, God is a just king who rewards the righteous with eternal life. God is also a just judge. So that's just a, a little fraction of that. God loves humanity. He hates sin. But since humanity is sinful, he hates the wicked. So, yeah. yeah. So he gave his son to die for the elect, which the father gave to Jesus before time began. Super crazy, complicated stuff. So, yeah. But what happened there is that a select group of humanity, which, you know, we don't deserve anything whatsoever, which is why it's even crazier. You know what I mean? Because I'll hear a lot of people yeah. say like, well, God died for everybody, you know? And it's like, he didn't have to die for anybody is the crazy thing. It's like, God doesn't have to die for anybody. God doesn't, God could just chuck us all into hell. So the question we shouldn't be asking is why doesn't God save everybody? The question we should be asking is why does God save anybody? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah. God's relationship with humanity in that case is that a select group of humans, I mean, probably a lot, but not the majority, will be like saved and will be on the new earth with him forever, worshiping him eternally, which will be awesome. So cool. But the rest, since they have all rebelled against God, will be cast into eternal punishment for the rest of eternity. So God loves humans in a way he gives common grace on the wicked. Rain still falls on the wicked, that kind of thing. So he still gives common grace to everybody. But yeah, the Bible does say he hates the wicked. So anyway, yeah. So just wanted to throw that in there too, because that's also part of the relationship between God and man. Anything else you want to add in there? Uh, I have nothing else I can add, but yeah. So now we're going to get into something a little complicated. This one we just threw in there for fun because we don't really understand. But God's relationship yeah, to time. We're just going to, just going to, yeah, this is just for fun. Yeah, this is just for fun. So God existed before time or before the ages. So Jude 1, 24-25 says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory, with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. So, and yeah, Jude. So, right. So God existed before time and the ages, before all time and now and forever. Right, God is also timeless. Psalm 92 says, Before the mountains were brought forth. I was forth. just pulling that up right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Or, or ever. Crazy. Yeah, I know. That, that's crazy. Before the mountains <laughs> were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Psalm 90. I have one verse, and it is Psalm, I'm sorry, Second Peter 3, verse 8. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day, is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day because he's yeah. outside of time it is very different that's him. crazy yeah there's some interesting yeah. theories on like how that's related to like when the world will end and stuff because a lot of people think that i mean i don't i'm not saying this is true i'm just throwing this out there because i've heard it is since a thousand years is like a, a day to the lord it's like what if the world's going to end after some time after seven thousand years because that would be the seven days like you get what i'm saying yes. yeah that's yeah. just a yeah, theory exactly, exactly. i'm pretty sure we're further than seven thousand years now there's like a whole dispute about there's like different dates because in the maserati text jews took out some genealogy stuff that would met like it like shifted where because it pr perfectly predicted jesus's birth but they were like no we don't want that so they kind of like messed with it in the maserati texts but then we found the Dead Sea Scrolls, and we have, like, longer dates. So the world could be up to around 7,000-something years old now. So we don't we don't know. It's kind of in between 6,000 and 7,000. It's somewhere around there. We just don't know. So I don't know. Just wanted to, just an interesting idea. So what the verse you pulled up would definitely imply God sees all time, like everything, which is awesome. Psalm 94 says almost the same thing. It says, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday, when it is past, or as a watch in the night. Yeah, so it's the same kind of message right there. God also interacts with time, uh, within time, within time. Interesting. Hebrews 1, 1 through 2 says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things 
though whom he also he created the world. So he spoke to all the Israelites, his fathers, by like by the prophets and all of that kind of stuff. He's interacting within time with you know prophecies and also stuff and also just creating the world. What's really interesting is God also had a purpose before the ages began. That's kind of crazy. I'm going to read 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 9. It says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ before the ages began. See, really interesting stuff right there which he gave so he says because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in christ before the ages began it's just so interesting yeah because god is not bound by time right like god's not bound by time but uh -huh. right but like jesus his incarnation since it's physical is bound by time but the god's not bound by time but like since jesus is physical his physical body is bound by time. And the other thing is like, yeah, I know. Jesus right now is still in his human body, his resurrected human body. And he's in heaven right now, which is like, so is that still bound by time in heaven? Question. Or is it a little different? We don't know. It's just something to think about. We have no idea. Yeah, but that's all we got about God and time. Because that's an extremely complicated subject. So, yeah, but how does God portray himself in the Bible? How does he portray himself in the Bible? Portray himself, like, physically? We do not know, like, anything about him except that if we saw God's, like, just glory. Like, God the Father, for example. Like, God's the Father's glory uh, or the Holy Spirit's glory in person. It would just automatically, like, immediately kill us. Like, it would just kill us. He says so when he's talking to Moses and Moses sees him. He says, you cannot see my full glory or it'll kill me, or it'll kill you, sorry. God, I would never do that. <laughs> or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact verse, but it actually does talk about this. Moses' face glue, like it lit up, like it was glowing. So he had to right. cover it up because it scared people after mm -hmm. he saw the back of God. Like it was yeah. insane. He also is, yeah. like manifest, which is crazy. Like, what is that even? Oh, yeah, I was no. like, what's going on? I mean, like, yeah. what? I was like, it's what crazy. is happening? <laughs> what? I know. No, God also does manifest things. Like, in, when he's talking to Moses and through the burning bush, he manifests mm -hmm. the bush and talks through that to Moses. And then he also it becomes like a pillar of cloud of fire thingy, yeah. uh, fire tornado to stop the Egyptians. And he talks through them through that, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. like what <laughs> yeah 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 he's a spirit like god the father's spirit is a, a spirit uh god the holy spirit is obviously a spirit jesus is right now he is a human body so god the father god the son god the holy spirit are all spirit they're a spirit they're, he okay them hit yeah. them he is a spiritual being <laughs> but, <laughs> but but when jesus was incarnated as a human through the virgin birth he he was like he sealed himself to humanity as well so it was like so god's or jesus is 100 percent god and 100 percent man he was always spirit just like god the father and god the holy spirit it's like god be so careful here not to commit heresy <laughs> know, it's very difficult it's, it's crazy but I know God, it's crazy. I hope I don't actually commit heresy, but don't, uh, don't do it. Yeah, I'm not trying to. <laughs> but God the Son's being 100% God and 100% man is still 100% man as well as being 100% God. Yeah. Yeah, which is not 200%, it's 100%, 100%. Just to get that clear. You're just blowing so my mind like, again. I know. You're just blowing my mind, man. <laughs> He's not 200%. He's 100%, 100%. He's 100%, 100%. Yeah. It's That's... not 100% plus 100%. It's 100%, 100%, not 50% plus 50%. Right. He's it's not so like logical, half God, half logical man. He's not a dimming. He's not half That's God, half, half man. He's 100% God, 100% God, man. 100%, 100%. Yeah. Which is it's really interesting really because. Yeah, because in Genesis 6, they're obviously trying to, do, trying to do the same kind of thing, but obviously in their twisted way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's if you think about insane. it, that's what, what they were trying to do. If you really think about it. Yeah. Because it's like, well, Jesus is 100% God and 100% man, right? Born from a virgin. Yeah, it's crazy. But all they ended up doing was creating hybrids, which means it's only 50%, 50%. 
So you want to meet? I know it's insane. Yeah, that's what the the giants were. They're a half watcher and half human. Uh, so human. it's just really interesting that it's very parallel because they tried to do the same thing, didn't work the same. Obviously not. Obviously not. Like what? Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Hundred percent. Obviously. Like seriously. <laughs> Yeah, there's no comparison there, but it's just a really interesting idea. Like, I mean, there is comparison, but it's like not, you know what I mean? Anyway, it's totally different. Yeah, it's just really interesting because they tried to do the same thing. Hence the seed of the serpent. And just mm, to, yeah. just for fun, here's a funsy, is that a lot of people will be like, oh, well, the seed of Eve, the seed of Eve was Jesus mm-hmm. and the seed of the seed of the serpent is sinners. Well, it's like, well, that doesn't make sense because you have, oh, because, well, the seed yeah. of the spirit or seed of Eve, sorry, the seed of Eve is jesus right but it's like if you're yeah. just gonna say oh the other one's just hypothetical like all the unbelievers well it has to be i think it's a both kind of thing because it's like jesus and believers right are the yeah, seed of, exactly right and then you have on the other side people are just like oh well that's just that's that's just unbelievers well it's like that doesn't make sense mm-hmm. it's not logical you gotta have you know so i think i don't know but the other one they, they were they've been like trying to come up with their seed like a lot of times with yeah. that and etc but also i think i i don't know just a theory but the antichrist might be the full like realization of their seed or trying to figure out what they're trying to yeah. do you know what i mean i don't know it's just interesting idea exactly I don't know. maybe i'm it is just throwing stuff out there but what is god's relationship to creation why did he create the world like why did he create everything else okay so god created everything like he created us as we already went over that as humans to be image bearers but his relationship to creation, I don't have a lot on this. But like in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created all things, physical and invisible. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. God created uh, humanity and the world to glorify Himself. You know, it talks about how, yeah, yeah, like all the different things glorify God in their own way, like stars, animals. Oh yeah, like Psalms, Psalms nineteen one. Oh, yeah, yeah. The heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim his handiwork. Yeah. Day and night, they pour out speech and, right? It's like mm-hmm. nights and night, they pour out knowledge or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really interesting because stars actually make noise. I know, like it's a, crazy. On a radio frequency and it's like all of them do different things. I don't know if you guys seen that video where it's like this guy, Louis Giglio, he puts like stars and whales together and he like shows all these different stars. Some of them go like... And other stars go. It's like that. It's yeah, like that crazy. Crazy. They make like beats. It's insane. Yeah. And then he put it with whale sounds, which like whales have very interesting sounds. Not going to lie. They're very yeah. in- interesting. <laughs> kind of scary too. But <laughs> it's like, what is that sound? <laughs> yeah, but it's crazy. But it's just, it's crazy because the Bible is being literal right there like exactly. crazy also the the connection between stars and angels is one that we'll have to discuss at some other point but that's really interesting no, it's different it's a different podcast D- episode different right episode there. for a different time yeah exactly. yeah but yeah. god created it all to glorify himself because he deserves the glory yeah so that is that's god's relationship to creation is he created everything to glorify himself so the next thing we're gonna get into is gonna sound bad it sounds bad okay. but like let us explain so yeah, our next topic is the things God can't do. Now, before you throw stones and click off, pause for a second. God cannot sin. <laughs> God can't sin. Just he can't sin. Can do any. He cannot sin. Okay. Uh, God doesn't make you sin. God can't create sin. God isn't. Can't sin. He can't. Yeah. He cannot sin. Yeah. Okay. God sin. also can't do anything illogical. He can't go. He can't do yeah. anything against his character. God can't make a square circle or rock too heavy. He can't lift it. Like that's illogical. You can't. He can't do that. He. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyway. So he can't sin. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are verses that say the Lord does whatever he pleases. Right. But God, he can't sin because he goes against his character and he can't go against his character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God's always, you know, our God will stay the same, that kind of thing. But yeah, so we just had to throw that there. God cannot be illogical, as you said, but he also cannot be like unaware of anything. 
because God is omni omnipotent and yeah, omniscient. Um, omniscient, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Psalms one forty seven five, great is our Lord in abundant his power. His understanding is beyond measure. And then God cannot change, obviously. Right. I the Lord do not change. Malachi three six. Right, that's what um, I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exodus three fourteen. I am like cannot cease to exist, obviously. Right. <laughs> it's right, crazy. Right. <laughs> He is, he was, and is to come. It's right. Insane. I believe Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 6.18. God did this so that by two unchangeable things, he cannot change, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope that's set before us may be greatly encouraged. So God cannot lie, he cannot change, and he cannot act against his nature. What is God's relationship to oh, sin? Yeah. Oh, 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 it sounds bad when you think say it like that, but yeah, God cannot sin. That's another thing he cannot mm-hmm. do. He hates it. Oh, he hates it. Yeah, no, he hates it. Yeah. We mentioned that. He so people look at sin and they're like, oh, why did God let this happen? It wasn't God's choice for us to sin, but he gave humans free will. He did not make them to be mindless slaves, like wandering the earth, doing it like just like not. It, it, like he, he, they have free will. Humans have free will, and he gives them choices. And they had the choice to eat from the garden of, or the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and which caused the fall, as they were deceived by the serpent, which brought sin into the world. So it was humans' faults, not God's fault. But like God's relationships, and he gives humans consequences because he's just for sinning, but he gives them a chance to repent of their sin through Jesus. That's why Jesus died on the cross exactly, because he loves humans. You can't have free will without choices, without there being a wrong choice. And God have, didn't like, create sin. Have... Sin is a corruption of what he no, created. Yeah, no. sin, or sin, sin was, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying right. to say. It's, right, right, right. It's um, very complicated. Right. God doesn't make anyone sin, mm-hmm. but in his plan, he planned like that he he wasn't like he wasn't like oh what am he i gonna do now people send what yeah but in his plan he he obviously knew you know like he he wasn't like you yeah. said god's not unaware of anything so in his sovereign plan obviously that's what was gonna happen but humans made the choice to take or the fruit and sin right yeah. so god didn't make them sin obviously we're responsible for our own sin but also God planned, like, this is all going according to God's plan. Obviously, nothing is on, like, exactly. nothing's on plan. Nothing's like, God's not like, oh, no, wait, what? That happened? What? You know what I mean? It's all according to his plans. So we yeah. we do choose like, like to sin. God, like, allows us to have the choice to sin. But we just, the only thing I'll throw in is that I believe, like, so God allows us to have, like, the choice to sin or to not sin, right? But I do believe that you can't do anything outside of God's decreed will. Like mm. God, you can't like go outside God's plan for what's going to happen. But He's not making you sin. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like because those, we're responsible yeah, like for our sin. Uh, we are exactly. It's like one of it's those, a, uh, it's, kids it's complicated. books that you read where you have choices. And you flip to certain it's pages, like a, but the ending is always going to be the same. So you have like all these that's choices, an and with those choices, you flip to the certain page. But in the end, you either lose and you have to go back, or you win and you have like the normal ending. Yeah, like the actual ending. Yeah, that, so that, that's, that's how yeah, I like those, to look at it. Yeah, so you can't go outside God's plan. Nothing you can do is outside exactly. of what He has planned, decreed would happen, but. God is not responsible for our sin, so we are still making the choice to sin. But are the results mm. of our sin are already planned out. Like, let's say you crashed a car, you kill somebody, but you end up their family forgives you, and you become like friends with their family, etc. And it changes your life forever. Now, yes, you sinned because maybe you were drunk and you went driving, so that's a sin. You drink, you're drunk. Yeah. That's a sin. Now, the consequences of your sin was that you got in a crash, but the consequences of your sin led to you becoming friends with this guy's family that you killed, and etc. Now, I would argue that that was all part of God's plan, even though you made the choice to get drunk, 
still like it was in God's plan that you would get drunk, even though it was your choice that you would get drunk. It was also in God's plan because it changed the course of your life forever. And so like all of that is planned out. Right. But you also made the choice. God didn't make you drunk. Like God didn't make you get drunk. You ch chose you to get drunk, yourself. but, yeah. but it was also in God's plan. It's like crazy. I don't know how to explain it. It's so complicated. <laughs> yeah. It's way too It's like, that's, that's about as be the best I can explain it. So like, like it's the other thing is like, so Judas was prophesied to betray him. Right. Obviously. Right. Judas was exactly. prophesied to betray Jesus. Judas made the choice to betray Jesus. It was in God's plan that he would betray Jesus and Satan possessed him to betray Jesus mm. all at once. So did he choose to betray Jesus? Yes and no. Yes. And so no. that's yes. how I more look at everything is like it was prophesied. He would, so he couldn't technically make the choice that he wouldn't do because it was a prophecy, but he also chose to. It was of his free will. Sure. Will, they chose yeah. to betray Jesus, but also God planned that he would betray Jesus. So it's like a yes moment. Yes. It's you have the free so will to like choose to sin or not, but it's also a God's plan what you choose, but it's also a choice in his plan. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> it's like, it's like a mind blow moment. You can't really, that's yeah. So it's not like there's not, yeah. So there's like two sides of the coin. So a lot of people like to say, and I'm not like, so I'm, I go with the, I'm, I'm a five point Calvinist. So I, I agree with a lot of people when they say, but they, here's the thing. I have a problem when people say there's no free will. And it's like, that's wrong because a lot of people say that. And it's like, it's not, that's wrong. And, and, and it's wrong in the fact that it's more complicated than that because obviously God's not making us sin and et cetera, et cetera. So obviously there's some sort of form of choice, right? Cause God's not making us sin, right? God can't make us like he's that's sin. Like, you know, anyway, yeah. right. But we're still making the choice to sin. And I think non-Christians have less free will than Christians and hear me out because they're a slave to sin. They can't not sin. Christians have the choice to not sin. See what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, but, but what I would also go into is, so God doesn't make us sin, which implies there's some free will because obviously if God's not, if God's not making us do everything, then obviously there's some form of free will. It's just a form of free will. That's also in his plan. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. Super complicated. So I would just, to the people who like to say no free will, just don't say that because it's not really true. It's, it's not true. It's, you have to get into it. Like, you can't just say that. You got to be like, well, it's more complicated than that because, yeah, it's all in God's yeah. plan, but also at the same time, you made the choice to sin. God didn't make you sin. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. So, yeah. So we, as Christians, especially as Christians, we have the choice to not sin or to sin, right? Because we're not slaves to sin anymore. God's not making us sin, exactly. but it's also in his plan. But it also, it's also us making the choice. You know what I mean? It's like a yes moment. It's like, do we have the choice to sin or is it in God's plan? It's like, yes, it's both. Uh -huh. So that's exactly. why it's complicated. You know what I mean? So I it's just, mean. just to like clear yeah. it up there. That's kind of where we're at is you have the choice to sin but it's also in god's plan you can't go outside of what god's decree is going to happen but also he's not making you sin so you're still making a choice to sin it's just it's like in his plan that's all i just it's it's mm -hmm. kind of paradoxical it's kind of a mind blow moment so yes you have it's the choice to sin or not unless if you're not christian or if you're not a christian then you're still a slave to sin so you have less free will technically because you're a slave to sin you can't not sin interesting mm -hmm. uh, just throw that up there but but uh, yeah but yeah, so it's just extremely complicated. So it's in God's plan, but also you're making the choice to sin because he's not making you. So yeah. anyway, so that's just a little little tangent there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Did I say anything bad and heretical or anything? Not that I noticed. We'll see what the comments say. Okay. But nothing yeah. I saw. <laughs> So the last point yeah. we're going to go over is God's relationship to the lesser created gods. Now that's going to make a lot of people go, uh -oh. what did he just say? Like, <laughs> what did he say? You know what I mean? Do you have anything to like uh, uh, mention before we like get full into this? Well, I mean, like who are 
the uh, lesser gods. Like, why there's no other gods, and why are there lesser right. gods? Right. It's complicated. You, you see, it it's complicated, really... just like everything else in the Bible. Yeah, so exactly, exactly. The only reason I called them gods, little g, honestly, little is g, because in the Bible. The there the word Elohim is sometimes used as plural, and when it's used as plural, it's not referring to God; mm-hmm. it's referring Never to is. angelic beings. Which Elohim just translates to God. Okay, now Elohim plural obviously would just mean gods. So if the Bible refers to them as plural Elohim, which technically is gods or angelic spiritual beings, boom, there you go. That's why I'm referring to them that as that. I'm not a polytheist. I only worship God, obviously. So, the whole point of this is that when God divided up the nations in Deuteronomy 32, he set gods over each of the nations. These are these, like, fallen angels who had rebelled against him during the Tower of Babel. And so, he puts them over the nations, and that's why you have, like, the Baal versus God. The Egyptians, the Egyptian gods, gods like, I'm going to uh, execute judgments on all the Egyptian gods, hence the plagues, etc. So, it's all over the Bible. I mean, the Bible keeps always keeps saying, like, God is the God of gods. And if the gods don't exist, then it's like, well, what are you talking about? At least the gods don't exist, right? See, it's like that. So it's super complicated. Exactly. So his relationship to them, though, is that he created them. They're angelic beings. They're not other deities, obviously. They're, they're, they're created angelic creatures who rule exactly, over these yeah. nations. They, obvi- they do have power. Yeah. God gave them power over the nations and that kind of stuff. So... They do have power. God gave it, get, like God allows them to deceive the nations, etc. So, yeah, God's God's relationship to that though is, yeah, He created them. They're fallen entities that are under His authority. Simple as that. He created them along also alongside all the angels and angelic creatures and species and all of that. Do you have anything else to add to that? A lot of the angels and fallen angels, uh, or the fallen angels, more. Uh, are described normally as like these beasts and these monsters, like evil, scary looking things. They're really these beautiful angelic creatures that are, well, they were angels. They were in heaven. They were following God, but then they fell. They decided to follow Satan instead. Satan himself is portrayed as a beast with like a bull, more like Baal. But in reality, they are more beautiful creatures. They can't appear as these creepy, horrible looking monsters, but they can also appear as very beautiful things. I just want to add that. Yeah, what's also interesting is that Satan is described as a dragon, and we have and we That's don't know true. if that we don't. Yeah, we don't know much about the spiritual realm. Like, what if there is dragons? Is dragons? We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We have no idea. I mean, I mean, the Bible does mention cool. dragons, but it could be talking about a dinosaur of some sort. Yeah, yeah, no which idea. obviously like physical dragons and stuff exist. You know, obviously, come on, guys. Yeah. Slap. Obviously, yeah. come on, I mean, most of them Slap. are dead now because we killed them all. But like, they were all they oh, were yeah. chilling. We had dragons. We had dinosaurs. <laughs> they didn't have feathers either. Fight me, but I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, people like no. Have you seen Jurassic Park? I mean, come on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, come on. Smack, smack. No, seriously, come on. Are we evolutionists? No, we're not. Okay, <laughs> so no, never. <laughs> no, but yeah. So to like make sure it's really clear, the gods are angelic creatures, angelic beings created. Created, which is that created? Let me just let me just created on day two created. or day one. One of those two, day one, I think, because yeah, yeah. let there be light. I'm pretty sure that's sort of probably the angel stuff. Light. All right, God created the heavens. Yeah, yep, heavens. Yeah, the so, stars. Yeah, so obviously Ooh. created, created beings get created. Gosh, right. The Bible always says, you know, there's none beside the Lord and all of that stuff because you're comparing a toothpick to a to like a boxer like what, what's going yeah, on what's that exactly do? that's like nothing to that like that's like that's that's what, what are you doing you know it's like that but that, mm-hmm. like the analogy i like to use is like that's like right it's comparing a toothpick to a boxer that toothpick still exists it's there but it's nothing compared to the boxer the boxer can just exactly. break it by pinching you know so it's not like they're mm-hmm. not they don't exist but they are nothing compared to god obviously nothing compared to god obviously so, right it so is, we yeah. just wanted to throw this in there because we're going to eventually get into the stuff way more so oh, anyways yeah, so that's what we so mean fun. by that obviously we're monotheists we only worship god they're angelic beings oh, that only god, nations. 100 yeah yeah no it's crazy well now we're at the summary and conclusion so do you, you want to go through a summary of like all the stuff we talked about I mean, we can. We can go over who is God. God is three. And what one, is the tr- obviously he is right? Yeah. What is the Trinity? 
what you could go over you know, who God is, like describing God biblically, mm-hmm. uh, his relationship with mankind pretty much. And we went through God's relationship to time. We talked about how God portrays himself in the Bible on a lot of the different titles that they use and God's relationship to creation, why he created the world, the things God can't do like sin, change, be illogical, etc. God's relationship to sin and God's relationship to the lesser created angelic beings or the gods. So that's the stuff we went through. All right. So yeah, yeah. thank you guys so much for listening to our first episode of Theology Bound. We were just trying to figure it's it out and how this is going to start working again. So uh, pardon our messiness. But yeah, so we're just trying to figure this out again. So it's because it's been so long. So thank you guys for listening or watching, but mainly listening. Make sure to like, comment, like, etc. Just because, yeah, it this takes a lot of time yeah. to like do. So it's always good to see those results. Let us know what you want us to talk about in our podcast. Like, give us some good topics. Tell us what you didn't like about it. Tell us what we need to change etc yeah but welcome back and yeah this is ethan and isaac signing out let's go outro music yes sir outro music and we'll leave you guys with a good cold exit first kings 18 2340sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If Yahweh is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of Yahweh. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us and let him choose one bull for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood. But put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God. And I will call upon the name of of Yahweh and the God who answers by fire. He is God. And the people answered, it is well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first. For you are many and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bull and that was given to them. And they prepared it and called upon the name of Baal from the morning until noon saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered, and they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing, or he is relieving himself, or he is on a journey. Perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of, of the obligation. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of Yahweh that had been thrown down. Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And the stones he built an altar in the name of Yahweh. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two seahs of seed. And he put the wood in order to cut the bowl in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, Fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things in your word. Answer me, O Yahweh, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Yahweh, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, Yahweh, he is God. Yahweh, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Let no one of them escape. And they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and slaughtered them there.